G'day friends, welcome back. The finale of season three of The Mandalorian, chapter 24, The Return. Uh, as always, spoiler warning, you guys know the drill. Let's get straight into it. Once again, guys, reiterating, spoiler warning. I take this very, very seriously, and I always say it when I remember. Um, now, this is a lesson in life for everybody out there. Don't be fooled by my chipper tone. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy with this finale. I'm happy with parts of it. Um, yeah, I'm happy with parts of it, and there's other parts that I'm not happy with. Um, my first question is a, a continuation of last week. Who are the spies? Fucking no one, is, as it turns out. Last week's episode was called The Spies. It was an excellent penultimate episode that was leading, you know, very excitingly into this finale that they could have been a, it could have been a really good, like two part finale to the series. Um, and yeah, it was called the spies and we didn't ever find out who the spies were because the, Oh, fuck me. Um, because the sort of the insinuation was that it was someone who had betrayed the Mandalorians or someone was a double agent you know, some people thought Axe Wove, some people thought the Armourer. I was leaning more towards the Armourer. Another possibility were those um, three that they bumped into last episode, Skinny Pete and the other guys. Um, they, they were also a pretty strong possibility. Turns out it was none of them. I think, I guess that episode title was referring to the Shadow Council, I guess. I don't fuck. That, even that doesn't make any sense. What the fuck? What the fuck does that... Oh, that, that was... The, the first most frustrating thing. Um, I'm going to just do what I normally do. Just run through sort of what happens in the episode and give my thoughts. Um, and you'll see as we go through where my frustrations come from. And like I said, there are parts of this episode that I really liked. Some of it's fucking awesome. But just the story elements, which you could say are the most important, um, are just not there oh it's painful a painful uh painful short episode as well only 30 less than 35 minutes oh dearie mate okay so we start off immediately where we left off last week obviously um axe woves is flying up to the cruiser to go and get help and this is this entire bit is one of the really cool parts, right? He's zipping on up to the cruiser to get everybody to go down to the surface and help to be back up. He gets up in there. He gets them all out of the ship. And at this point, you're like, oh, is he a baddie? Why is he getting them all to leave so he can do some nefarious shit with the ship? Nope, his intentions are completely good. And I wish that I didn't have a problem with that, but I do. <laughs> I wish someone had been, like, something interesting. Ugh, something interesting had happened in this episode. Like, he had, you know, maybe betrayed them. I don't know. But no, he just does um, good stuff. He he sends all the Mandalorians that are on the cruiser out uh, onto all the gauntlets. And this entire sequence, which we sort of cut uh, back and forth from for the first sort of 15 to 20 minutes of the episode, probably a little bit more, actually, um, 15 to 20 minutes of the episode. It's really cool, right? Mandalorians are fucking cool. Yeah, the the jetpacks, the armor, the weapons, the it's just cool. And this the entire uh, action side of this episode, it's the show flexing its budget yet again. Uh, it, it looks great. Um, it it is great 
very entertaining, high octane, uh, big thumbs up for that aspect of the show. Um, the other part that we cut back and forth to in the early part of the episode is what Din and Grogu were doing. So Din was captured at the end of the last episode. That is short-lived. Um, he's able to free him- himself. So nothing even comes of him being captured. It's got no purpose. Even though these two episodes were directed by the same person, they seem like they're in, like they're not connected at all. They seem like they were opposing each other. These two episodes. So Din is able to uh, defeat the guards who had him uh, and free himself. Although one of them is about, so one of them actually gets the upper hand late and is actually about to kill him. But then Grogu shows up. He he went after them. Of course he did. He loves his dada. Um, and he just... This this part was a very, very funny part of the episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. He he grabs the, the trooper, fucks him up. He's, doing, he's pressing his no button. No, no, no. And then after the trooper's out of the equation, he just starts spraying Din with the back to spray. <laughs> <laughs> and and Din's like, no, I'm good, I'm good. It's just like, <laughs> I thought that was very, very funny, and that's a good callback um, to season one, that moment where IG-11 uh, used the back to spray to save Din's life. It was the first time we saw Pedro Pascal's face uh, in the show. By the way, um, I think it's pretty obvious uh, that Pedro, he, he might not have been on set at all, in this season. And there's a couple of ways you can tell. We never saw his face the whole season. The other two seasons, we've seen his face. I know, I know we don't need to see his face, but we never saw it once. And there are, whether this is true or not, I'm going to mention it. There are people who have said that he had a falling out. Not a falling out, but, you know, disagreements with Disney um, over what? We don't know. It could have been the the story, the creative process, we don't know. Um, but in the other two seasons, we've seen his face at least once. And I know this entire season was really about him um, getting back in with the Creed by going to Mandalore and then all the Mandalorians retaking Mandalore. It was, a very, it was all about being a Mandalorian. So him taking his helmet off would have uh, sort of taken away from that whole part of the season um but i just and look and you think about the other stuff he's been doing he's just filmed last of us probably around the same time as he was doing this maybe probably maybe after given there's been two years um since the last season of mando so he may have done all the voice stuff for this and then gone and shot last of us we don't know but yeah i just you can it feels disconnected and he's two stunned guys who are the guys in the suit, who are the Mandalorian, um, they do a fucking awesome job. They do a really, really good job. Um, Latif Crowder and... Oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they both do a really excellent job. Um, but yeah, you can just sort of tell that there's a disconnect there between Pedro and uh, and, and the show. Um, so yeah, Din and Grogu sort of move their way through the, through the facility. They're looking for Gideon. So Din calls R5 to help them. I am loving R5 more and more every time we see him. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, this whole sequence where he's just, he's terrified the whole time and he flies down into the base to help them. And he's, he's, he's being like R2-D2, basically. He's plugging into the wall and doing shit for them. And he has a little fight with a bunch of mouse droids. That, that whole, that's a lot of fun. That is harmless Star Wars fun. I'll never complain about anything that has that kind, you know, about that kind of stuff in Star Wars. Um, part of what R5 does is he helps uh, Din with the, we saw that that, that um, ray-shielded hallway in the last episode that leads into the control room, uh, Gideon's control room. Um, that's another, like, pretty cool fight sequence where Din has R5 open one door at a time, so he just has to take on two guards at a time. Um, there's another funny moment where he defeats the first pair of guards and he doesn't have any weapons and he goes to grab a gun from one of them, but it just fall, they just fall 
into the abyss and just out of his reach and he just reaches he's like oh <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny as well um so he he completely he gets through this stage of the video game of the episode <laughs> um and actually one more thing i'll say on this at the end when r5 is dealing with the mouse droids and din's yelling at him open the last shield door open the last whatever um, I thought that was weird because Din is like literally still in the middle of wrestling one of the stormtroopers and he goes, open the last door, like let, let me out another two of them while I'm still fi- finishing off this guy. I just, uh, there's, there's little things like that throughout this episode, not throughout, but there's a couple of them in this episode that just make you like turn your head and go, what? like it just doesn't quite make any sense. Another one is where do all the TIE fighters go? Where do they all go? The ones that go and shoot the shit out of the cruiser that make it fall out of the sky. Where do they all go? After the, he doesn't, they don't get defeated by the cruiser. There's no way. Where do they all go? Where do they all go? <laughs> That's another um, sort of weird part of this episode. Um, so Din and Grogu press on looking for Gideon and they get to his little uh, clone back to tank room um i think this is a cool idea um to have a bunch of clones of him i think that's like it's a it makes sense for his character he's obviously incredibly arrogant um they, they somehow i don't know if this is from grogu's dna or what um but it seems like they were able to you know clone some of his force essence or they were close to getting it or they were you know that there was something i think that the force stuff had something to do with what they were doing to grogu fucking three years prior to this or whenever it was um but then but then mando just he, he just turns all the things off and they all explode and all the clones die what what was the point what was the point of that I thought it was really strange. I thought it was really, really strange to introduce them as this, you know, big menacing threat. And then they're just gone so easily. They don't even, it's not even a challenge. They're, they're at no point a threat. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about these decisions when I sort of give my overall thoughts on the end of the season. But I just thought it was strange. Um, we cut to Bo-Katan and her crew who have been able to sort of escape a little bit. Um, and they find themselves in these cave gardens uh, that were planted by the three, by Skinny Pete. And he's, I don't know any of them. I think one of them's called the Captain. That's the, That might be the only one who has a name. But there's Skinny Pete and the boys is who they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have a little respite for a moment. Um, yeah, and they, and they tell Bo that... They planted these plants where she thought on, like plants only grew in the domed cities. Like, has the surface of Mandalore always been dog shit? Like, why doesn't why did she think that stuff didn't grow there? Um, this this part this whole theme of the episode and this um part of the episode and this part of the season that's been about the Mandalorians coming back to their home and really just you know, reclaiming their culture and all that. I've enjoyed the shit out of that. That that has been great. This this was great. Um, I really really enjoyed this part of the episode, and, and it's been the main purpose of this entire season. Um, so I have really really enjoyed all of that. But then we get into the big battle. So while they're in the cave, all the other Mandalorians arrive on the surface. The armorers there. They got all the gauntlets and. They, they're all coming down in their jetpacks and they all go back down into the base and all the stormtroopers are coming at them with their jetpacks and Bo-Katan's got the Darksaber and the Armourer's got her fucking smithing tools. Um, it's a fucking sick battle. I, I said before this is the show like flexing its budget. It looked great. It was excellent. Um, a highlight of the episode by far one of the highlights of the season uh really really exciting and cool action that's all i have to say there 
some sometimes that really has its place <laughs> and uh, yeah i appreciate it a lot um back to din grogu and gideon gideon's very upset about his clones being uh, i don't i don't even know how to describe what what din did to them he scared them away <laughs> but i don't know he just turned off their pods all the water fell out I, I don't know. It's so weird. Um, Gideon's very upset. He's he's upset like they were his children. You you smothered them before they could take their first breaths. What? What? <laughs> what? Oh, Giancarlo Esposito is such a good actor, but I feel like he's just being killed. He's being smothered, if you will, by this dialogue. Oh. And, and I think he really likes being like a mustache twirly, sort of villain rather than a really sophisticated one this time like compared to compare Gideon to Gus Fring it's completely different both just very evil but completely different characters um and and I do and like that's very Star Warsy, just to be mustache twirly for the sake of being mustache twirly to give a good monologue like that that's very it's a little bit cheesy but sometimes Star Wars is a little bit cheesy. So uh, I do enjoy, or did enjoy, <sighs> I did enjoy uh, Gideon for that reason. Um, so a little fight begins, Gideon and Mando. Uh, Gideon, Gideon's suit is like an Iron Man suit. It's like whirring and buzzing and it's, it's allowing him to have a lot more strength uh, than he normally would have. So he's sort of messing up Mando a little bit and then Grogu comes in and he's fucking angry. Like, I love how angry they made the puppet look. He comes in and he literally growls in his eyes like, I thought that was really cool. That's when um, Din's getting messed up by the Praetorian Guards. So uh, for some reason, the Praetorian Guards are distracted by a child and they chase chase after Grogu. It's actually, it's another pretty funny moment. It it looks like it's in, no, it doesn't look like, I think it is in slow-mo, but it's, oh, don't mind me. It's, um... Grogu in the IG-11 suit running away down the hallway in the clunky like IG-11 <laughs> like it just looked funny but it's also you, you're like oh shit Grogu and like no and Din's like no <laughs> but you know nothing's gonna happen to Grogu and he spends the next five minutes fucking flipping around in some beams not letting the Praetorian guards get him and then you know a little bit later him and Din end up, you know, fucking them up together. He throws them around a little bit with the force and Din kills them. I think Praetorian guards are meant to be a little bit harder to kill than that. There's, they're like the, meant to be like the best. They're like the, you know, the, the next thing left after, um, purge troopers. So purge troopers don't exist anymore. That's sort of what the Praetorian guards are now. It's the same, you know, caliber of, Stormtrooper and uh yeah they they kill these three pretty easily. While this is happening, it's now Gideon versus Bo Katan, right? And they have a pretty good fight. It's pretty cool seeing Bo Katan fuck dudes up with a dark saber. Uh but then it gets destroyed, which was a big surprise, very big surprise. Um he does it Again, watching it a second time, the way he does it is strange because he gra- he's got her hand in his hand, which is holding the dark saber, and then he just just with his hand, which doesn't seem to have any like suit attached to it, he crushes her hand and the dark saber. Like he'd have to fucking mince her hand to destroy the hilt of this. I don't know. I don't know. Just just nitpicky things that I that I really went looking for because I was cross at this at this episode. Um, so when the Darksaber got destroyed, right? And this was something that I was... I, I try really hard to not theorize and estimate too much what's going to happen in the next episode or what's going to happen, you know, next season because you're bound to be let down, right? That's why everyone hated... Um, the last Jedi, because it did the opposite of what everyone thought. Um, so I try not to do that, right? Um, 
But one thing I was certain of was that we'd see the mythosaur fuck some shit up in this episode. Because it was we saw it way back in episode two, six fucking weeks ago, right? And we do see it in this episode right at the very end. And it's not uh, an insignificant moment. I'm going to get to that in a bit. Um, but I thought when the Darksaber got destroyed and Bo's like, oh shit. And you're thinking, man, how's she going to claim to rule Mandalore now without the Darksaber? What are we going to do? I thought she's right on the edge of that cliff that goes deep, deep down into the planet. You thought, well, here's the perfect time for the Mythosaur to show up. Isn't it? The myth, like that moment happens. Maybe this is as like bits of the ship are starting to fall down. It's starting to, you know, you know, cause a bit of, you know, damage to the planet. Maybe you hear like a from deep inside the planet. You, You feel the earth shake and then things starts to crash and shit's going fucking crazy. And then the mythosaur just bursts out of the ground just like comes out of nowhere and then anything could fucking happen from there i'm not saying bo needed to ride it but just seeing it in its full scale not just seeing its fucking head in murky water right seeing the scale of it because when if we ever see it i'm sure we will we're fucking better um they are enormous it doesn't look like it when it's down in that watery cave what we've seen but they are very, 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 very big. Yeah. So that, that would have been a good way to get rid of the TIE Fighters, for example, right? So it it would burst out of the ground and be the size of a Star Destroyer, right? They are enormous, yeah? So it could just be fucking King Kong swatting TIE Fighters out of the air. It could, it, like, imagine the Mythosaur squishing Moff Gideon. That'd be a cool way for him to die, getting mushed by a mythosaur, which is like the like the image of Mandalore, this thing he's been trying to destroy. <sighs> whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. Just I thought in that moment, that was when that was when you bring the mythosaur in. But no, that's not what they wanted to do. That's it's fine. It's fine. Um so, yes, as, as all this is happening, as, you know, it's Din and Bo and Grogu all together fighting Gideon, this is when Axewives is crashing the, the cruiser into the base to destroy the base, which makes sense, that's fine. Um, but then just Gideon gets just the worst, most lackluster and anticlimactic death we've seen in a while he just gets blown up by a fireball and he does like the you know again this is okay as well the, the cheesy villain death where he just goes ah as he's as he bursts into flames right um but i just got i found that frustrating as well because gideon's been the big baddie since season one right he, he wasn't in the first, he was like, you know, there was the shadow of him in the first six episodes, but we didn't see him at all until last week. And now he's gone, right? What was the point? What was the point of bringing him back for just for nothing to eventuate? There was no consequences. Nothing changed. All, all that happened is we lost... Paz Vizsla, that was it, right? And in, as, as emotional as his death was, he's not even close to a main character. So I just felt that this had no purpose at all, bringing Gideon back in the way that they did and then killing him so quickly in the way that they did. Um, very, very... Every, I, I really don't like the word mid. I don't like all this lingo the kids use. But I think mid is the right word in this case. Um, as the fireball engulfs the entire base where Din and Bo and Grogu are still, 
Does that work as a sentence? Anyway, they're still in there. Um, Grogu saves them with a little force shield, which is very, very cool. The music's cool. Um, it, it's based, It's a better version of what he did way back in season one, where he protected them from that flamethrower. So I thought that was cool. Um, it's a good uh, sort of demonstration of how his powers are developing. Um, I think we are going to need some kind of... I don't know if they can do a time jump because they, they sort of want to keep this stuff in the one time period because this is this and Ahsoka and maybe Boba Fett as well are leading to a film, which is how all these storylines will end. Um, so I don't know how much we can age Grogu up, but it like Grogu in like for the most part has been in the same spot for three seasons. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It would have been cool to see him speak this season. Like it's you now from, from the start of season one to now, it's been a few years. Um, so he's now closer to 55 than he is to 50. So I know when you live for 900 years, you know, three or four years isn't an enormous amount of time, but just if we could maybe see him start to, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, like like that could, like that would make sense, right? If if this species that he and Yoda and Yaddle are live for around nine hundred years, if nine hundred years is a good go at it, you can easily ratio that down to a human, right? Humans live if they get to ninety, that's a really good run, yeah. So if they live ten times as longer, Grogu, you would think, if he's in his 50s is sort of the equivalent of a five-year-old but he's more like the equivalent of a of a toddler like maybe two because he can't speak i mean a two-year-old can speak maybe he's like between one and two like he can't speak he, he can walk around okay but he gets tired <laughs> but he can you know he can also do flips and shit because he's with the force i don't know i don't know like uh, uh. I'll finish. I'll finish talking about the episode before I really get into what I'm, what I'm really frustrated about. So everything's all happy doodah ending. All the baddies are dead, just miraculously, and then and they're back home on Mandalore, which I think is fantastic. Um, Ragnar gets to finish taking the creed after he's interrupted uh, by that crocodile turtle in in episode one. Or whenever it was, um, he's now an orphan, which is great for him, I, I guess. <laughs> poor, poor bloody kid, <laughs> poor bloody kid. Um, if we see more of him, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I, I don't know why they keep. <laughs> I know he's Jimmy Kimmel's son or whatever, but God, just he's got the most fucking annoying voice ever. Um, and then Din goes to the armorer, or oh, I want Grogu to, you know, to, to add him to the song or whatever he says. And the armorer, rightfully so, goes, he can't speak. We don't know if he consents to joining this cult. <laughs> um, and then Din jo goes, what if a parent uh, makes him, <laughs> basically? And, and, and again, the armorer rightfully goes, his parents are far away if they're even alive. And Din does the most unnecessary thing that's ever been done in Star Wars. He adopts Grogu like he wasn't already his fucking child. What the fuck? I know it's like a... I know they're trying to follow the rules of the, the, the arbitrary fucking bullshit that the armor is coming up with. Um, they're jumping through whatever hoop she puts in front of them. But my God... Like, he has been your child for two and a half seasons. You didn't need to adopt him legally or whatever the hell just just happened. Um, but yes, she she does add... Uh, she, she, she dubs him Din Grogu. So, is Din the last name? Is it backwards? I thought it'd be Grogu Jaren. That would have made more sense, and it sounds way cooler. <laughs> but I guess not. It's Din Grogu. Um, but then, now this was cool. This part was really cool. So Grogu looks down uh, into the into the waters of of Mandalore, um, and the camera goes down, down, down into the water, and it finds the mythosaur, 
and the mythosaur grumbles and it opens its eye. And then in its eye, you can see Grogu's reflection. They are very, very heavily hinting here that th these two are going to bond and share a connection. I, if, if they go back on this, I'm going to be fucking apoplectic, right? That is Grogu you can see in the Mythosaur's eye. I'm sure of it. I paused it, had a good old look. I'm certain that's what we're looking at, yeah? So... They, they, they must be hinting that he's going to ride the thing because we know he's got beast control. That is an ability he has. We saw it in Book of Boba Fett. Um, whether he even needs it or not, I don't know. Um, but is The Mandalorian, the title of the show, is it going to end up being about Grogu? That's my question. That's what I think they want to do that's what they're heading towards whether they're fucking allowed to do that or not i don't know you can feel my frustration coming out um anyway so we we sort of get more of this uh epilogue mando goes and talks to carson teva at that bar um zeb not there this time unfortunately um, but Dave Filoni is, whatever character he's meant to be in the New Republic, he doesn't do any fucking work, does he? Um, but yeah, Din goes to talk to Carson Teva about working for the New Republic just on the side, bit of cash in hand stuff, no tax, no nothing. Um, and, and this is another just little problem I had with this episode. I know that like, you know, Carson Teva's, he likes to do things by the book. He says the, the, the New Republic's not going to like agree to this to let some bounty hunter be like a, you know, to just do jobs for us, to help clear out, you know, the the, the remnants of the Empire. And Din goes, well, you're not going to tell them. And they seem to, like, agree to those terms. But if he's not going to tell the New Republic that they're, they're hiring a Mandalorian to do this shit for them, where's the money going to come from? Is Carson Teva going to pay Din out of his own pocket? These are things that I think about. <laughs> this is the, like, that's the logical question, right? You can't just like, you can't just bump fists and go, yeah, we're going to do this now. Like Din wants to be paid in more than IG unit heads, right? And, and he like, where, so where's the money coming from? <laughs> if this is like a, like a hush, hush, no one knows about it kind of gig. Yeah. Carson Taver can come up with jobs for him to do. But how's he going to pay him? So that's that's my fucking question. And that's my fucking issue with the lazy writing in this episode. My God. Um, and once again, IG-11 gets brought back to life. It seems no one can fucking die <sighs> in this fucking show. Um, to be fair, I do really like what they've done with him now. So, um, so Mando somehow, I don't think any part of that could be what was on Mandalore, because that whole base got fucking destroyed, including the armor, or the you know the yeah the armor I guess that that or the or the suit that Grogu was piloting that was IG eleven or IG twelve like that got fucked up. It got first it got minced by the Praetorian guards, and then it would have been in the base when the base exploded. So I don't know how much of it is is in this uh, new IG eleven that they've made up, but he takes the the head, which I wonder if it's meant to be IG-88. I don't know. Could be. Um, but they take the head that's in the bar up on the up on the mantle or whatever, um, and they go back to Navarro, and Mando has gone somewhere magical <laughs> that can <laughs> completely rebuild and replace assassin droids. Um, and he's had him programmed again just by magic or something um, to now be uh, a marshal for Navarro, which I do like. But again, it's just so easy. Everything in this episode was so easy for everybody. It just, uh, it just makes me frustrated because life isn't easy. Life is hard. <laughs> life is so hard. Oh, my God. Um uh, and then Grief Karga, he, he he offered this to Mando way back at the start of the season. He gives him a little plot of land and a little cabin. It's even got a little pond for Grogu. For Grogu? 
for Grogu to uh, throw his frogs around in. Um, I hope he doesn't eat them all because that's a small pond and the, he's going to you know, run out of frogs pretty quick. And I do really like the cabin. I really like the end of this episode, right? That the entire end, people aren't happy with this part either. And I don't really get it because I think it makes a lot of sense, right? Um, Mando, he had, he had his mission was to get Grogu to a Jedi. He did that. Grogu came back. That's not his mission anymore, right? Then he gets involved with Bo-Katan, and what she's doing, that becomes his mission. After he helps out Boba Fett, that becomes his mission, right? This whole Mandalore thing, this Moff Gideon thing, getting the getting Mandalore back, um, going going to the waters and getting his honor back or whatever, that became his mission. All of that is now, oh fuck me, all of that is now completed for him, right? So it makes sense that he's gone back to, he's not a bounty hunter anymore. He's not going to be collecting bounties on people that he's captured. He's not going to be doing that. He's going to be a contractor for the New Republic, right? It's different. It's kind of the same, but it's different, right? Um, And I do really like this direction for him and Grogu for now. Until there is, until it's going to be Thrawn that comes in after after the Ahsoka show, they're all going to converge. Thrawn's most likely going to be the big bad in this film they're going to make, you know, and whatever. So, um, but yes, I do, it makes sense to me that this is what he's chosen to do. He's going to chill there with Grogu until Carson Tava comes with a job. He's like, oh, these pirates are doing this in the, in the outer rim. Can you go and help? Oh, there's this, you know, imperial warlord who's doing, can you go and fix him up that, that that's you know that'll be we might even get a few episodes like that in season four if season four even happens now this is where i want to talk about my thoughts on the season overall and where we're going next if we're going anywhere at all um i thought the season overall i liked where it was going a lot I liked what they were exploring with Bo and Din and Mandalore and like having the mythosaur in there, what that meant, what was the armorer talking about, what was she doing, what's the, all these things. I liked how they they started incorporating what was happening on Coruscant and, and all these things. And then they rushed it all right at the very end including just a fucking disgusting dog shit waste of an episode with Jack Black and Lizzo. Got nothing wrong with the two of them as people, but that was the episode that was horrible. It just happened to have the two of them in it. Um, and and uh, just this, this show is hamstrung by only having eight episode seasons, right? Andor's had one season... It's already had 16 episodes, right? And the reason it was allowed to have that is because Kathleen Kennedy thinks it doesn't matter, right? She she lets um, whatever the chap's name is who's doing Andor, lets him do whatever he wants because she thinks no one cares and no one's going to watch it, right? Bad Batch, same thing. It's animated. She lets Dave Filoni do whatever he wants and it's fucking great. Tales of the Jedi animated let's Dave Filoni do whatever he wants I'm fascinated to see how much Dave Filoni we can see in Ahsoka and how much we don't like I'm scared I'm terrified to tell you the truth because Kathleen Kennedy and whoever else has got their fucking dirty fingerprints all over this fucking season they're everywhere right what the fuck has happened. Look at the end of season two. What a climax that was. It was amazing. Grown men wept, myself included. They bring back Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I'm not saying they had to do the equivalent at the end of this season. They didn't need a legacy character at the end of this season to make it amazing at all. Yeah, it would have been amazing, but they didn't have to. Yeah. So they do that and Grogu goes off with Luke Skywalker and you go, oh my God. What's going to happen next season? How, you know, is it going to be Din by himself for a whole season? When when are him and Grogu going to get back together? What's going to happen? 
And then before the next season even starts, they're back together in another show. What? Now, I enjoyed Boba Fett for the most part, that that part included, right? And I, and I didn't have an issue with it. Like, that's fine. If that's what they want to do, that's okay. But now seeing where they went with this season, where are, like, from the end of season one to now, what's happened? How, how have Grogu and Mando's stories developed as characters? Yes, Grogu's better with the Force. Cool, he went off with Luke for a couple of years and now he's better with the Force. That's good. Mando helped Bo-Katan retake their home planet. That's great too. Yeah. But with these places we keep going, right? So we went with Gideon as the baddie. He was defeated. We've gone with Gideon as the baddie again. He's been defeated. Yeah. We, we just, we seem to keep circling back into the shallow water. We can't, we can't go two years because imagine Boba Fett isn't there. We've, we go two years without seeing any of these characters. How do we survive not knowing what's happened? How can in real lifetime, Grogu and Din be apart for two whole years? How can we allow that? It would have been fucking fine. Oh my God. And it just felt the way they ended this season all the shit that happened, yeah, it reeks to me of we don't want, we don't know what we're going to do next and we're going to let you decide, right? The way that Gideon died totally could bring him back 100% if they wanted to, right? He was wearing the Beskar suit. They could 100% bring him back if they wanted to, easily. And we would riot. <laughs> we would. Um, another thing, right? The clones. I know Mando fucks up all the tanks and kills all the clones that we saw. Right? The clones that we saw. There is absolutely no way of us knowing for sure that all the clones are dead. So if they wanted to, they could bring Gideon back like that again. See, oh, I'm a burpy boy. Um, it's all, all the anger. Um, they could bring back Gideon for season four, and now he's force sensitive somehow. Somehow, Palpatine Gideon returned. Fuck me. Um. So yeah, I didn't like like that. The really soft approach that they took to dealing with the antagonist in this in this episode and in this season and like i said like imagine only eight episodes and we don't see the baddie until the second last episode if, if you if you're going to stick with eight episodes we had to have gideon gideon really had to come in after the episode on coruscant which i think was episode three right we, we can cut out completely remove it doesn't need to be there at all it can be two minutes of Bo going to talk to Axe Wives. We don't need episode seven at all. Stitch it on the end of episode six, and then we have a, an entire other episode. Oh my God, I'm so cross. I'm, I can't believe how cross I'm seriously. I'm, I'm seriously so angry right now. This is as frustrated as I am with the Rise of Skywalker, and that's saying something. Oh my God. Oh, I feel so strange that I am so upset about this. Um, they can get rid of episode seven entirely and then they have a whole other episode to play with, right? You, you, you bring back Gideon in episode five or four, whatever. Yeah. And you introduce, like his clones are ready to go. And suddenly there is this serious foe that we have to deal with. And the Mandalorians have to do a lot more than just crash a ship into a base to, to easily defeat everybody. It's much more of a struggle. Grogu has to do more. You know, just, oh, they all have, oh man, just, it's frustrating. It's seriously frustrating uh, to see, because I liked this season so much 
until the, the two out of the last three episodes. The second to last episode promised a lot. It was a big cliffhanger penultimate episode and it just didn't deliver. It just didn't. So, oh, yeah. And this this idea that I've got about them waiting for the reaction, I don't think just applies to what they do with Gideon and a couple of other things. The way they ended this season, they could end the show if they want, right? So if, if the, the reaction is overwhelmingly negative, I don't think we return for season four. I don't think it happens. Um, it, it, oh, it'd be hard to cancel it where it's at because there's still, I don't know, there just seems more to be told and it is such a popular um, product. But gee whiz, I just wonder if they... Uh, well, like it's, it's hard because it seems like Lucasfilm really only gets two slots a year for a live action show. For whatever reason, Disney doesn't want them crossing over with a Marvel show, even no one, even though no one's watching the Marvel shows anymore. Um, like it seems like we can't. Like last year, we had Boba Fett, we had Andor. Year before, I think we only had like the the back end of Mando. I think that was it. Like this, the start of twenty one was was all. I think all that we got from memory, like it was hard with COVID to be fair. Um, but like next year we're getting Acolyte and Andor season two. We're not getting Mando for next year. No way. They haven't even started production as far as I'm aware. So there's no way we get um, any more Mando. There's no more Boba Fett coming at all. I don't think. So there's Acolyte and there's the next season of Andor. I don't know when, um, that Jude Law kids show is coming. Oh, I forget what it's called. It looks like it'll be fun. Um, but that's a live action show. So is is 2025 going to be that and Mando 4, Ahsoka 2, Acolyte 2. I don't think, no, Acolyte 2 won't be happening then. Um, you know, is it going to be that and this film that they're doing with Ray, which is apparently scheduled for 25. Um, you know, and there's also more Tales of the Jedi to fit in. There's more Bad Batch to fit in. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like they're being given enough time and resources to make what they want to make. Like, why isn't Mando at least 10 episodes? Eight I know it's a very expensive show to make, very expensive, and but it's not like fucking Disney's hard up for cash. It's they're not okay. Um, oh God, I just imagine if HBO was making The Mandalorian. Imagine what it would be like. Imagine that, because they make some good shit. HBO makes good shows. Okay, just. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about where they're going to go with this. Um, there is still a lot of promise with Dave and John at the helm. How much control they're allowed to maintain, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just... In, in Ahsoka, we're going to have to trust. We're going to have to wait and see what Ahsoka's like. We know that the next season of Andor is going to be amazing again. So that, that probably comes up in the second half of next year with Acolyte coming in the first half. Um, I, I don't even know how many episodes of Ahsoka there is. It's probably eight, I would think. Yeah, I should, I don't think it's six. I don't think they're doing an Obi-Wan. That's another thing. Are they doing more Obi-Wan? Apparently Ewan McGregor wants to do more Obi-Wan. When are they doing that? Oh, dear. So, yeah, the, the finale overall... Like, it's a, it's a fine episode. It's okay, but it's just, it's got all these little problems and it just, it just unsettled me in the way that they, just in the story points, what they chose to do. It felt lazy. It felt rushed. Um, it felt 
it felt vague, but also really conservative. Like, I, I don't know. It, I don't know. Like I said, it, it was an okay episode with some amazing action, some funny moments, a couple of cool bits. The bit with the mythosaur at the end, I did really like. I just wanted to see it fucking fuck some shit up. Oh my God. Oh, anyway. All right. I'm just, I'm just ranting in circles now. I'm just going to continue to get more and more upset. Let me know what you guys thought. <laughs> Let me know what your thoughts were on chapter 24 of The Mandalorian. Let me know what you thought of the season overall. A lot of people really hated this season. I thought for the most part, it was really good. I was really liking where it was going. And then episode seven happened and I was like, fuck me, what is this? And then episode eight, I was like, oh yeah, it's good again. And sorry, episode, fuck me, what am I saying? Episode six. Every time I said episode seven, I meant to say episode six. <laughs> oh, um, yes, episode six happened. And I was like, fuck. And then episode seven, I was like, ooh. Then episode eight, I was like, oh. <laughs> so, yes, let me know what you thought. God, I said, I said, how many times did I say episode seven was the shit one? Probably like five times. No, episode... Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted. Like I said, life is hard, and this episode was easy. Din and Bo and Grogu, they had it easy. They defeated their enemies with no fucking problems at all. What about my enemies? <laughs> life is fucked. Oh, anyhow, all right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're frustrated too, Send me a message and we'll talk about it. Let me know what you think. Um, are you excited for Ahsoka or are you just too sick and tired of being let down? Boba Fett was a letdown. Obi-Wan, for the most part, was a letdown. Andor was a shining light. And now Mandor, for the most part, or for part, has been a letdown as well. So what is Ahsoka going to be? All we can be is optimistic. The trailer looks fucking sick as hell. It looks awesome. I love Rebels. It's basically season five of Rebels. I'm super excited for it. Um, remember to uh, leave a comment, leave a review. And uh, yes, let me know what you guys, what you guys thought. And I'll catch you next time. Bye.